0: And Lord, even as we have prayed, indeed, you have started already, created that vacuum in us that you will fill again this evening. Lord, we give you praise forever. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let's um, quickly invite Womibanki for the first Bible reading for the day.
1: Praise the Lord. We're going to be reading from Isaiah 49, the book of Isaiah 49. Can we just turn there from verse 8? Thus says the Lord, in a favorable time I have answered you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you, and I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land, to make them inherit the desolate heritages, saying to those who are bound, go forth, to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Along the roads, they will feed, and their pastures will be on all bare heights. They will not hunger or thirst, nor will the scourging heat or sun strike them down. For he who has compassion on them will lead them, and will guide them to springs of water. I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways will be raised up. Behold, these things, these will come from afar, and lo, these will come from the north and from the west. And these will come, will, and these from the land of Sinem. Shout for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth into joyful shouting, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Say amen. Amen. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Your destroyers and devastators will depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All of them gather together. They come to you. As I live, declares the Lord, you will surely put on all of them as jewels, and bind them on as a bride. For your waste and desolate places and your destroyed lands, surely now you will be too cramped for the inhabitants, and those who swallowed you will be far away. The children of whom you were bereaved will yet say in your ears, This place, the place is too cramped for me. Make room for me that I may live here. Then you will say in your heart, Who has begotten begotten these for me? Since I have been bereaved of my children, and I'm barren, an exile, and a wanderer, and who has read this? Behold, I was left alone. From where did this come? Thus says the Lord God. Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and set up my standard to the peoples. And they will bring your sons in their bosom, and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders. Kings will be your guardians, Amen. and their princesses your nurses. They will bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick the dust of your feet. And you will know that I am Lord. Those who hopefully wait for me will not be put to shame. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now
2: I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I am walking in the manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. And that will be your portion 2020 in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two ways. The year 2020. And then 2020 also means accurately. When you say somebody has 2020 vision, know what that means? <laughs> Sees well. So the word will do that for you well. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good? I said the Lord is good. I trust that it's going to be a great year for all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what I just want to share with us briefly, we're not going to stay here for so long. I hope not. That's not the plan. (laughs) That is to stay here for long. I want to share something with us briefly. It's about, um, I don't know whether I have any topic for it, even though I know what I plan to say. But I don't think I have any topic for it. I'm not sure. But I want to just explain something briefly. And it has to do with um, visions, values, you know, ideas, desires, mission, desire to achieve, purpose, thank you, that's another word, purpose. You you get what I'm going to create here? That is, what we have set before us. Now, I, I talk to Christians. If you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, please give your life to Christ while I'm preaching so that my message can apply to you, okay? I talk to believers, so I expect them to reason the way believers um, are supposed to reason. Now, um, there's a kind of problem, you know, as a believer, you live in a world that you are not of. Do you understand my point? Jesus said, says you are not of this world, but you live in that world. And Paul said, I don't expect you to leave the world, that is, to get out of it. That when I tell you not to associate with adulterers and um, Cheats and, you know, crazy people, if not fraudulent people. He said, I expect them to be in your offices and I do not expect you to resign because of them. That's what, that's what uh, Paul said. I expect that you'll have neighbors who are not honest and I expect you to eat in their houses if necessary. I'm telling you what the words of Paul. If their children that are doing best, they go there with your own children and celebrate with them. Don't say that man is an unbeliever. I'm not going to his house. He said, when I said don't associate with adulterers and you know, people who walk iniquity, I mean if they claim to be Christians. So if you have a neighbor who's a dick in the church, but you are aware that the man has a girlfriend even though he's married, don't greet him. If he says good morning to you, said, ask him what is good about the morning and continue walking. If he says, why are you not greeting me? Say, oh God, should I tell your wife myself? if you don't want me to do it, just don't greet me again. That's what Paul said. He said, but if that man was not a Christian, how give me the money, greet him, eat with him, we are, we are eating, come break it in two, give him half. Why? He's not a believer. He said, but if he's a believer, if you are hungry, he gives you food, don't eat. And tell him why. That once he's a believer... Don't associate. That, that, now, my emphasis is not how to treat Christians who are walking iniquity now. My emphasis is on the fact that Paul said, you, are, you, ha- you have to walk in this world. Jesus told us clearly, you are not of this world. But you still have to be in this world. So your name is going to be Daniel, and you are going to walk for Nebuchadnezzar, who is building statues. Are you getting my point? He's building statues that people are supposed to bow to. Your brothers are supposed to bow to it. They're going to work for a man called Darius, who's going to release a commandment one day that everybody should pray to him alone. And you still continue working. You will still continue working in his office. You'll be in his government. It is not true that Christians cannot be in politics. It's not true. The Bible expects you to be in politics. Don't just do it the way they do it. When they say, "Let us go and swear an oath," they are not swearing anything. I have sworn my life to somebody. So I can't swear any other thing again. He said, let's shoot somebody so that he can't make us lose an election. He said, not not on my watch. Say we might lose, then eh? so be it. The power belongs to God. Now, you're in the world. That's, that's what I'm going to explain. That's what God says. So we're going to live. So the problem, that's where I'm going. The problem is because you are so surrounded by the world. Oftentimes. Christians, we start learning the ways of the world. And that's what I'm talking about. We start learning the ways of the world because we are surrounded. It is possible that the people you talk to most on an average day, maybe you go to work, they don't believe what you believe. Some of your talk to them sounds like stupidity. You have ideas that when they hear, they wonder where where, where did they make you? Where were you manufactured? Now, when they say things that are crazy, that's really very good for Christians because you know that one clearly. For example, when your wife is annoying you, and they tell you that, listen, it's because you don't he knows you. If you if another woman threatens her position, she won't do like that again. Now that's that is a real crazy suggestion. Ninety-nine percent of Christian men would know. You know, they, they can see the They don't need to tell the satan. That is, you don't need the sending of spirit to know this is satan. But the one, So those ones are not dangerous, really. I don't consider those temptations dangerous. They are not. Because they are so glaringly, you know, what they are. Satanic suggestions. The ones that are dangerous are the Peter type of suggestions. This is Peter. He's in the same church as Jesus Christ. Jesus is the pastor. He's a deacon in that church. They used to plan programs together. When Jesus wants to plan programs, Peter is one of the inner cocos people. When he wants to raise the dead, he calls Peter first, then calls uh, James. They do not remember John. They now add John to it. So let's go and visit Moses <laughs> and Elijah. He will take those three people. Come, let's go. Now, is one of them. So one day after they finished visiting Moses and Elijah, Jesus now said to them that, uh, you see, now you've seen those two men. What they came to explain to me is where we are going next. So what's going to happen is that we are going to go to Jerusalem. And that the Son of Man will be handed over to the Gentiles. He will be beaten. They will be crucified. Peter was waiting for the Jews to end. After a while, he said, oh, God, it's a joke. You want to end this ministry? He said, now listen to that. He said, nothing like this must happen to you. We are going to ensure that this Jerusalem visit will be postponed until Passover is over, when all your enemies will have gone. Okay, if uh, John, henceforth, rearrange the itinerary, if we get any invitation from Jerusalem, we are not going. James, you hear what I said? Any phone call, if I block any number that the, that the first three codes show, you know, these phones will show you where they are calling from. He said, just block anyone from Jerusalem. We are not accepting any invitation from Jerusalem. Why? Nothing must happen to the master. And Jesus looked and said, get behind me, Satan. Those are the dangerous temptations of life. The most dangerous temptations of life look like they are to your righteous advantage. How do we know satanic temptation? Just check whose interest it is focused upon. Once it is your own interest, it's satanic temptation. It has to be the interest of God for you to be safe. For example, maybe your son is going for NYC. And people are trying to explain to you, or is he looking for work? He now finds work in Meduguri. And they start telling you, don't let him go. You know he's the only son you have. And by the time they finish talking like that, just they are not speaking for God at all. They can't because they are talking about you. They've not said, What about the reason he was born? I told you many times a conversation I had with my mother once. She asked me that, your private practice, how is it doing? I said, that one, oh, I shut it down long ago. He said, why? I said, I found out that the ministry takes most of my time. So the time I have left is just enough to do my routine work, you know, in the university and the hospital. So I really don't have time for anything extra. She now said, but ministry doesn't pay you. I said, so? That was the question I asked. I said, so what are we going to do? And I wasn't trying to be, you know, I wasn't being spiritual. I was being reasonable. I said, what are we going to do, therefore? Are we going to say, because it is not pain, we will not do the reason why God gave us life? And I said to my mother, this was why God allowed you to conceive me, and I did not die at birth. It wasn't my interest that mattered. It's the eternal purpose of God. Of course, that was where the discussion ended. I Can I assure you, my mother is one of the number one disciples of Kingdom of Ministries. Now, so I'm talking about, you know, the problem of the world. So the world easily, you know, they, they, because they surround us so much. They surround us so much. Before we realize it, we start learning their ways if we are not careful. I'm not talking about their dangerous... Well, no, let me use the words again. I'm not talking about those overtly dangerous ways. I, it's not impossible... But it's very unlikely a Christian man in his office will follow his unbelieving neighbor to go and learn how to womanize and smoke Igbo. It's pretty unlikely. I must say it's impossible, but just unlikely. He won't even really invite you. You will spoil. When they are going, he will tell you, say, we have a meeting. Am I supposed to come? No, 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 no. You'll be walking here. We are coming. <laughs> they will leave you behind. That's just a typical thing they do. They are you getting my point? Where they get most of us Christians, we can end up in humanizing and evil smoking, It's something else. It's when they want to discuss the affairs of the country. Then they join you, and they expect you to join them. And foolishly, we often join them. When they want to discuss the issues of the destiny of our children, do you understand? They join, they call you in, you supply words too. you both agree that Buhari does not know what he's doing, the border was so close, Hamatan could not enter. You two say, yes. What is going on? How can a go? You know, you just, uh-huh, Satan said, this is this boy is always for for my boys. They <laughs> see that? and said, listen. Hmm. This country is very useless. You have to go. That is, when they start like that, how to secure destiny for your children. Look, you have to get them into this kind of university sell your own land your father's land your grandmother's share of your great-grandfather's land and then the, the planning if you see i'm sorry oh is it truth. if you see how Christians plan and the way unbelievers plan for their lives you can hardly tell who believes and who does not believe you can hardly tell if the, if they just show the plan they have for their lives you can hardly tell who believes and who does not believe. If you ask him why did you leave this job and go to this one, or start this business, or move from this town to another city, or from this city, or one country to another, if you hear the explanations, most of the times, you can't tell who believes and who does not believe. That's where the problem is. These are things I've thought about for a long time. You know, there was a time I personally got... I don't want to use the word worried. I got concerned. Let me use the word concerned. I'm not worried about myself. I'll tell you what I mean. The main thing I do in life is teach the word of God. You are all aware of it. That's why you're here. And I've seen preachers that I followed and loved. After some time, sometimes 10 years, 15 years, they'll be preaching in front of me like this. They're on TV. I will not even remember to put on the TV. And this was somebody who I would travel across the country if necessary to go and listen to. Now technology has brought him or her to my sitting room and I don't remember. So one day I discovered with some of my brethren, they said that it's because I have grown. I said, no, it's not growth. Because there are some men I knew before these people and they still have the same effect they had on me Then they still have it now. So it's not my personal growth as the issue. And I began to analyze. Sometimes I look at what they are preaching. Then I remember the days of Solomon. The story of Solomon. He was a teenager. He asked God for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. He became very effective. He built a very strong country. His father built um, Israel into an empire. You know what an empire is? An empire is when you have a country that is ruling really many other countries. So the British Empire. Remember British Empire? So that empire extended to India. You know Australia. A huge part of Africa, you understand North America at the point in time, so the, that was the British Empire. David built Israel into an empire. most of the kings around him were paying him you know what they call it tributes thank you. They were sending tributes to him regularly. Solomon consolidated that eh and made the that country and all the countries around so prosperous <laughs> If he had gone to Israel at that time, you would have seen what they call prosperity. I don't want to go into that. But the nation was prosperous because of the wisdom of Solomon. Most of us think Solomon was a songwriter. My beloved is mine. And I'm, I'm, I am his. Call my beloved for me. it like an Indian movie. You think he sit see that and just be you know, talking... <laughs> A wise son makes the heart of the father glad, and a foolish son makes the mother sad. You think that's what he was doing? No. Solomon will sit down with the engineers and design defense, you know, strategies and equipment. He'll be looking at them like this. You no, know, we need to place it here. Use iron for this and use wood here. And the engineers looked like, how does this man get his inspiration? They put no, no, no army want to fight. When you see what Solomon had in place, You lose the idea of fighting this man won't come to your mind. One of the things he did also was, okay, I mentioned earlier, prosperity. He was a brilliant economist. He knew how to plan trade, where to buy gold from, how to refine it, where to sell it. Solomon had ships all over the world, sailing here and there. Because of the wisdom God gave him, do I need to tell you about that? You know it' very well. <laughs> but then there's an old man. he went mad too. Ah. I was wondering, it bothered me at a time As an old man, this guy went mad. you know what I'm going to say. He brought idolatry into Israel and made it prosper. Everybody could build any shrine they wanted. Once you're a wife of Solomon. And of course, he didn't have a lack in wives. 700 wives. I can imagine that some of those wives came from India. So each one came with like one million gods. <laughs> and 300 concubines. All kinds of rubbish prospered under Solomon to the extent that God had to judge the land. Solomon was the reason God divided the nation. You know that? Yeah. God pronounced a judgment upon the land divided into two: Northern Israel and Judah and a little bit of Benjamin I led to Judah. It bothered me. At the point that I was wondering, is it that every man that grows old must have misbehaving? Even Moses has his own share of small madness. That was why God killed Moses. If you, I've talked about it before. God quickly killed Moses before this madness gets too, too much. Now, that bothered me. You see where I'm going. So, But some people gave me encouragement, actually. When, I'm, when I reviewed the lives of people like um, Kenneth Hagin, people like David Paulson, and a number of those men, I was, I was encouraged. And I noticed something about those people. Someone like David Paulson, if you wanted to enjoy David Paulson, you listen to the messages he preached more recently. He's still alive. He's an old man. He's almost 90 years old now. You understand? He's still there preaching. They're teaching the word. In fact, the more recent messages are... I don't know, for me, they the, the hit deeper than the older ones. A lot of them are good, but the more recent ones, a lot of experience, and even the way the voice sounds, is more anointed. Maybe in my years, I don't know. You know. Someone like Kenai can preach the same thing from the beginning to the end. He will tell you the same story. If you say, I've heard it before, that's your problem. Go to another seminar. This is his own seminar. He's <laughs> going to tell the story. How many you have you heard it? This is your problem. But what I'm talking about it is that I, I began to wonder, what is it really that makes men deviate? Why do they forget? That's the point I making. And One of the things I found out, of course, we're not teaching about a of it now, I just want to bring out something for us here. One of the things I found out is that, of course, we've heard this before, that if a, if a plane sets on a course and it misses the bearing by just this is 0.01 degree. After 10 kilometers, you wouldn't notice because it's just about a few meters off the target. But after he has moved for about 100 kilometers, that tiny fraction of one degree by which it's missed its course, and setting the course, you will see how far away from the target, you'll see how far he has become. So this is what point I'm making. No matter how brilliant our beginning looks like, if we lock in something that's a bit off course, we can't help it. We will go off target. You see how God blessed Solomon? This is my understanding, all right? We, can't, we don't have time to go into all, this, all those things in details. The blessing of Solomon was an extension of the blessing on David. As a little boy, there was something small in his heart that was not properly corrected, it was set on the wrong course. And where he got, now, for the first few years, he looked good. Because it's just a tiny fraction, just pushing him off a little bit. And later on, you see, as a believer, one of the things you need to do is to keep recalibrating, redirecting your course. You have to every day check, am I on the right course? You check where you are, look to your left, look to your right. No, 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 you pause. Move back. You have to do that regularly. Now, I was talking about the world, remember? We're in the world, talking about their influence. One of the things the world does, all right, is to put something else in front of us, apart from the main thing that God wants us to put in front of us. It may look good. Let me give you an example. I was talking to a, a junior colleague, a no, younger colleague, um, in the office a few days ago. He just told me that, "Oh, ah, so I heard you on radio. You were talking about something." So I said, "Oh, okay, thank God. I was so blessed. I was so blessed." And the discussion started. Uh, there's a question I asked for you. We just started talking. After a while, she brought out a point. I don't know whether she started it or I started it and then she, she, she amplified it by taking uh, giving the personal um test, you know, story, a family member. She said, sir, you should see my sister. Then my sister goes to church very regularly. She told me the amount of money. Now listen to this. He told me the amount of money she and her husband gives to their church on a monthly basis. So I said, ah, what's wrong with that? Maybe they had that money. He said, no, they don't have it. I said, okay, so what's the problem? Now, this is what her problem. She didn't have any problem with the money they are giving. He said, if you see my sister, she does not look healthy. Why? Because she's always fasting. They go to one of these uh, big um, Pentecostal churches. Now, she now hit it on the head. He said all of this because of, the, of something they want God to do for them. All right. That's how I'm going. That's how I'm going. The all this giving is because of what God must give back. All this fasting is because of an answer they are looking for. And I said to her, tell your sister that you met me and I said she's wasting time. She will never prosper. She will never get anything. I said it like that. I said, go and tell her. I said to her, mention my name if you have to. And I said, she's not going to get anything. She can double the giving. You won't get anything. It looks righteous. It looks nice. I said, but it's a problem. The world says something in front of us. Prosperity. They will steal to get their own. Cheat to get their own. Some don't steal. They don't cheat. They just work extra hard. The Christian says, let me pray to get my own. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're looking for the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Go to church, pray hard study hard, hear the word prosperity. You see, that's a problem. People don't realize it. If I move them, <laughs> I said something to some of them, that they were surprised. I said, better well, go and eat. I said, because when God answered Hannah, Hannah just finished eating. One guy, they said, like, sir, I have to go and check. I said, go and check it. At the time, she went to the temple to go and pray. Her husband, just. she had been crying and sorrowful. Her husband consoled her, made her eat, made her drink. Then she went to the temple and went and prayed. I said, I said tell your sister, if you think hunger, is going to make God change his mind? Not at all. What I'm describing is the world, the influence they have had on us believers, and why we have to be very careful. They set wrong targets for themselves and teach us that that is the, wrong target, the right target we should all have. And then we buy it because it looks good. We set those things in front. Now, that's the point I'm making. We set those things in front of us. And then eventually, it leads us astray. It always does. That's why I tell pastors. Listen. If I have to teach pastors this day, I tell them. "Don't." I don't believe in all this. Having a vision for a global ministry. It's not necessary. If you put global ministry in front of you, hear ye the truth. One day you will go, you will go astray. A believing God, you know, we have the vision. You draw the map of the world. Where you are going to go in two years? You not know, people say you have to plan this. I just be looking at it. Listen, you will, you will go astray. There's no way. You can't. Have. Let me say something to you about life, eh? Where you have control of life, <laughs> many people don't realize it. It's not where they're thinking of. If you enter the wrong bus, you will get to where the bus is going. Are you getting my point? The only control you have is the bus you enter. I don't know how many of you have experienced it, especially in Abuja and Lagos. You can come out to come and board the plane in Abuja. You see air pieces, like three air pieces at the same time. I don't know whether you experienced it. If you, if you fly around Nigeria a bit. Sometimes just, okay, announcing the boarding for so-so-so and so-so. And so. You go there, you, you know now, many people have entered be sat down, plane landed there, and then you go, they say, boy, I thought I was going to Abuja. <laughs> it, 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 do you know it happens a lot? In a place like Lagos, Abuja, where the planes are plenty, you just come, that, the, the bus just drive you there to go and board, you just look. Airpiece, the natural thing is the first air you see, you join the queue, and if the guy is checking for one reason or the other, you know, sometimes they are checking so much, they don't even look again. Okay, all right, just take the ticket. You're welcome. You're welcome on board peace. Thank you for flying with us. They just, <laughs> especially this one that they call free city. No about free city. They are coming from Sokoto. They stopped in Abuja, dropped some people. So now they don't have time to be arranging. So any plane you fly, any city you see, enter. Before they go Lagos, uh, they come Enugu. You just enter Lagos. When they just say, we are descending to Murtan Lamamedi Airport. You say, what? What did you say <laughs> So me, I not shame that kind thing. Of, you no, know, once I get, I look at, him, I look at, him, I say, "Bro, say, I nah, no go." He say, "Yes." I said "No, you a passenger like me, you may be confused. Let's ask the people. <laughs> yeah, you know, two of you can be confused. You know that. <laughs> what I mean, once you enter that plane, where the plane is going to, is where you will get to, and that's how this life is. If he said the wrong thing in front of you, where it is taking you to is where you will get to, not where your determination. It's deciding, no, 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 no. So, the control you have is to make sure you say the right thing in front of you. The world often teaches us to say what is wrong. Let me say something again about Christianity. Christianity is radical. You know, I keep on saying it. Christianity is not a passport to prosperity. No. Christianity is not the way by which God says, you know, one young man told me once, he was talking he so said, somebody told him that go to that church. They make people rich. And he came to the church. And he heard the people teach. Good men and women. They were teaching. He said, when one of them f- began to speak, he told David himself that these guys are crazy. Because they were telling him that he could prosper in this country where he's living, this country where we are in. And you know I also preach that. But you know what? He acted on some of those words he heard people say. And you know what happened? He began to prosper. So he became committed to church, and he continued to prosper. And then eventually, the prosperity all collapsed. And then, of course, because of the history of prosperity, he was able to get the visa to leave the country. And then he went, and the one that met him once, we were talking about him, Say, yeah, that guy, he's as far from God now as a man can be. Then I now remembered what he said at the beginning. He came to the church to look for what? Prosperity. See, initially, he looked like a good Christian because the Christianity promised what? Prosperity. But what he set in front of him was prosperity. It didn't draw him closer to God. And that's why, I mean, many of you here have heard me preach many times. It's almost as if I'm discouraging people from being the way I talk. Or do, I, I, you wonder like this guy, I encourage people small now. No, but one day I went to preach somewhere. One guy, he likes my messages. So in fact, he, they are a very conservative set of human beings. So I, I was an out, you know, a misfit in their midst, the way I look, you know. I didn't even, and I'm Emmanuel. Are you getting my point? Thank God my wife didn't come with me. They will not have listened to me at all. <laughs> yeah, they came, invited me for their program. So to tell you how much the words I've been preaching have affected, have affected them. So one day, after I finished preaching, the guy now called me and said, that whether I can just encourage people small that their sacrifices are not in vain. I said, like, like me, your sacrifice are in vain. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I, 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 because when I was preaching, ah, after, after a while, the guy came, he just went to use time, that whether I can just encourage people small. I said, no, I don't encourage anybody. <laughs> I, I'm not encouraging anybody. The only thing I used to encourage people deliberately is that you can be delivered from the judgments to come. That's all. My only encouragement is that you don't have to go to hellfire. My only encouragement is that, listen, God punishes people. Escape that punishment. Asper, don't worry, you will soon prosper. Bros, if that's what you are looking for, go and meet Dangote. What's the other guy's name? Or and go, go and connect. I'm not promising you prosperity. Not because God does not give prosperity. But I think, maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know. That we often focus people's minds on what they are going to get. So they don't set the Lord before them. For that reason, they are moved. David said, I've set the Lord constantly or steadfastly before me. Therefore, I will never be moved. That's why you've never heard me. Tell Christians to give, and I'm promising something they will get. Doesn't concern me what you are going to get. You are going to give to help the needy, to preach the gospel, honor people. I will tell you everything. When God likes, He will bless you. If He doesn't like, it's His money anyway. Why should you complain? That's where my message ends. Don't worry, I know the message is not complete. I'm aware. Because there is reward. Like I was talking to co workers yesterday. There's reward. But I'm careful, listen, not to set people's eyes on the reward. Because once you do, you lose the reward. That is the reward that people look out for. Because the real reward, the real reward, ha, uh-uh, the real reward. The real reward, you can set your eyes on it and you won't lose. Let me give you an example of the real reward is is the joy and satisfaction you derive. From seeing the impact of your life. That's the real reward. The real reward that God promises. The real reward. You know, those days we didn't understand things properly. We said that Jesus gave himself up and God highly exalted him. Can you see? Can you see? Then one day I woke up, I asked myself, will you shut up and stop talking nonsense? Did he become higher than what he was before? I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's like I gave a billion dollars and you gave me a billion dollars. But see, see what it takes? Once you give a billion, you get a billion. So where was I before this transaction began? What, what is exciting about it? Nothing. Nothing. When we see Paul talking to Philippians, therefore God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. Ask yourself, did he have a name lower than other names before? No, ask that question. Ask it. In the beginning was what? The word. The word was... With God, and the word was God. What did Paul say? He said, having equality with God. So before that lowering down, he had what nobody else could ever dream of having. So what could God give him? That's exciting. Have you ever thought about it like that? One day I said, stop deceiving yourself or other people. Jesus did not do what he did because of what he was going to get for himself. He had it. Say, I laid down my life of myself, by myself. And when I'm tired, what do I do? I take it up again. He had the life before. You know, so kid, what was the reward? Therefore, what was the reward? Therefore, I'll tell you. Before, it was only him. The only begotten son of the father. Then he went down and brought many sons to glory. That was what excited him. That was his excitement, not what he personally got. The, what, he, what was exciting was that, eh, hey, we're not, now do you, I'm, I won't be the only one they are calling the son of the father. I hope you're getting my point. He said, I will declare your name amongst my brethren. Now, that word brethren has been created. That was the excitement. The excitement before was that, no, the situation before was that he was the only one up there with the father. Now that he has risen, he has gone to prepare a place for the rest of us to join so that we can sit with him on the right hand of the Father in majesty. Do you know what's exciting him? I will not be the only person anymore. So when they say he gave him a name that is above every other name, when he collected the name, what did he do? He handed it to the church and left without it. I hope you get what I'm going to say here. It's like you have... Now, let's get back to it now. You have a billion dollars we're talking about. It was in a bank account. Then somebody explained why you should lay it down. Then you laid it down. Then they did some business, real business, not transactions. And then they built this, built that that company grew and grew. Then one day, they now came and gave you a billion dollars back and showed you the number of people that are making billion dollars from that your billion dollars. You know, you now look and say, eh. So this money shouldn't have been the divulged. It's good the way it is. As you you're a godly person. You no, know, some wicked souls will say that. Uh-huh, so all of us are now on the same level. A man actually said it right. I thought I here in Oka between Actually said it when GSM came to Nigeria. Okay, we know GSM. You know before that we get 090. So my friend used to call it offer, That is staff of office. So when the man hosts 090, and really, (laughs) one day when I was in traffic with my friend in Lagos, he was driving. So he saw one one man. I remember that driving one new model, Toyota, a big one like this. And the man looked like kind of middle age, and he was on the phone inside the traffic. So my friend, he said, huh? Banky. See that that man, see that man. This man just a chop life, chop life. He said, see the cellular in his hand. He said, see the cellular. Cellular, ba." (laughs) <laughs> I, I remember very well. He said, Selubaba. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so, some people are like that. So, one guy, when they said that phones will not be available, you know what he said? So everybody will not carry a cell phone. And he hissed. That now all of us will not carry a cell phone. The guy just hissed. And they have spoiled this country. This is NS, NS, NSN Dukuyama, we should sack him. You know, it was NSN Dukui, to, to that I that time. Say, so we should sack this guy. I'm, I'm adding to it too. They has spoiled this country. The way the country was before, the rich knew who the rich were. We could hold our cell phone and be, be selling ourselves. Say, so, but now every Tom Dick and Harry, Because of course, we had heard the story that time that you get to Ghana, that artisans by the roadside, they have cell phones. And we're like, eh, eh, now in Nigeria, who doesn't have cell phones? Who doesn't have say, oh, If you not get it's just your parents, because my daughter is looking at me like I don't have. I say yes. <laughs> it's a decree of your parents. <laughs> now the point I'm making is that so if you're not like that, you're not the kind of person that takes pride in other people being lower than you. You'll be so joyful. You say, oh, so that's my one billion dollars. Has eradicated poverty. Wow. So I people are working in that in those companies and say, ah sir, every month, almost 200,000 people. Are you serious? See, six of them are billionaires like you. Eh? I don't want to count the multi-millionaires. But the poorest person in one of those companies has a house of his own, has a business of her own, paying helping relatives. Say, eh? Hey. He said, okay, can we give it again? I we getting my point. In case you did not know it before, that is what the Bible calls reward. That was what excited the Lord Jesus when God highly exalted him. Because there was no place he was lifted to higher than where he was before. The only difference is that now he didn't have to come alone. He could now drag, the Bible says, many sons to glory. So, like I was say, that is the real reward a Christian should put in front of himself or herself. That, a lot of people keep on teaching these things. That's how to define prosperity. Prosperity is not the kind of car you drive. It's how you can impact people's lives. That's why many people tell me that they are going to, I have no problem with people going anywhere. You know, I keep on saying it. It is why that's my issue. It is why. What are you trying to do? What are, what are you, that's just my own question. At least now, I will own my own house. I will look at you and say, you're a real foolish human being. You're a real foolish person. I've seen people walk away from positions of influence. When I say I mean good influence to a position of personal prosperity, that's foolishness. You want to know whether you are really prospered? Check out people you are influencing. Not the kind of... Uh, the the, the the kind of uh, gold you are now wearing. That's not what prosperity is. One brother once, I, I saw him. Now, I can't remember, but imagine I was a student about to graduate from school, and you know students are typically poor. You know students are usually poor. Have you noticed that there are few students in life that I rich? There are very, very few. Even when their parents are rich, students are still poor, generally. is the will of God. Amen. So, beer, the beer they bear their burden in that season. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I've noticed some of the food is excess. Just carry it was carried near campus. That's the end of the food.
0: <laughs>
2: Once my friends and I bought bread and some stuff, I said, it will waste. To my, my, that was Pastor Courage. He said, how can you waste? But well, we came to campus for a for a, an event. He said, he didn't enter school. He said, he go waste. I said, how would they know? We just packed the car. one brother's car we came with, packed it, they locked it, and went to the church. As I was standing, one brother just said, like, they said that bread is your own.
0: <laughs>
2: I said, yes, so the boys are... I, said, I just, yeah, go, 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 go. And as soon as he moved, like three people just joined him. <laughs> Listen, after reading for a whole night, your brain is looking for glucose from any corner. So I was in that kind of situation. A young man... Your left not long before us, he showed me the glass, the sunshades he was wearing. Let's use today's terminology. Told me, maybe bought it for something like let's say 65,000. I was very young and I was very poor, like every student should be. I couldn't understand what somebody I lifted it up and looked at it. Like, okay, if I step on it, will it break like the other ones to buy for 250? You know that kind of thing. So I said, yeah, You're joking. He said, No, he told me the name. Said my father, I looked at the man like this. I couldn't understand it. You bought this pair of sun shades for this amount of money. Now I'm not saying it is evil, though. Did I say so? I'm just telling you. That's why I've also the history of poverty for students, and that I was one of them at that point. Okay? You know what? I, I had the, the only reason why I believed him was because I knew him to be a Christian. I didn't say anything. I, but in my mind, this bro is just trying to deceive me. I didn't know a human... Now, of course, it was not 65,000 that time. Are you getting my point? I'm just bringing it into today for you to be able to appreciate how I felt that a man just paid that amount of money for a pair of sunshades. you know? Then one of my friends saw him later, another of my friends. He said the guy told him that, oh boy, I'm made. Six months later, he was dead. Not up to six months. I just said six months to give you some space. It wasn't up to six months. I told his friend, oh boy, I'm made. It wasn't up to six months after that, he was dead. When I heard he died, I said, what? When they told me the freak accident that killed him. I'm like, how can somebody die like that? I just made up my mind, God got tired. I said, this is my son, has missed the point. Call him for me, call him for me. Just took him and removed him. Because uh, you think this is prosperity? I'm not saying there's a problem with buying your sonship for $65,000 65,0 even in today. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that if you think it's prosperity, you are in trouble. It is not prosperity. For goodness sake, just by the way, should you even show that kind of thing off to a student? You shouldn't. You say, oh okay, God, your sonship is fine. You say, Well, oh, thank God. How much you bought it is not his business. Don't derail him. Let him read. For the next one week, I could not read properly. I've been thinking. (laughs) That's not prosperity. I'm talking about the world. So that's what the world does. They set wrong things in front of us. New Year, remember I was talking about control? New Year resolution. This year, I will buy a car. It's a stupid. Let me say it again. It's a very stupid new resolution, a stupid desire, a crazy focus. Give me another word, give me another word that would describe <laughs> foolishness. That is his madness. You know, Jesus told us something. You know, we sang that song again and again, ancient words. There was a reason why I wanted to sing this song. I wanted us to know that that is life. But what I want to bring up from you briefly is that I realize that most people who claim to be Christians don't take those words seriously. They don't. When Jesus says something, we just make it look like he's joking. He makes a statement to us. Matthew chapter 6. He says, verse 25 I'm reading from. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the leases of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more close you, you of little faith? Do not say then, do not worry then saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Don't say, for the Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. That's what I'm saying. What should you therefore seek? He said, but seek first his kingdom, And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That section I've read is one of the most well read words of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one problem, it's one of the least believed. Because when we take it literally, (laughs) no. So, we we'll come for a prayer meeting. You will not declare that this year your car is coming. We we'll come for a prayer meeting. You will not declare that you will finish your house this year. You will come for, ah. So, when it gets there, we pastors don't even, that is, we just carry church members, lead them astray. say, so who wants to build the house this year? You will come to the front right now and covenant with God. With a seed in your hand. Let me pray for you. In 2020, if you put a seed in your hand and come and covenant with God that you bring something for you, you will lose 50 times that amount in Jesus' name. Amen. Rubbish. That nonsense must come to an end. It has to come to an end. You know, I was thinking about it a few days ago. That Jesus was discussing serious matters. Why do you... Okay, let's talk about people who were best taught. Alright? Let's just... just um, that's by the Lord Jesus. Who people we will mention. Isn't it people like Peter, James, John? Okay, they killed James, so let's, let's leave Peter, John. Then Paul, who Jesus said, I will talk to you later. And Jesus met many times. Have you noticed that those men never made those things the focus of their lives? Is that they didn't have power? They did. They just knew that those things were not important. So when they had to use their power, they used it for more serious things. When God said, "Whatever you will ask in My name," Jesus gave them that kind of power. They said, "No, no, 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 <laughs> boys, let's not waste it. all. nobody should come here to beg for guguru and granot. No, when they give you power, no, just think about it for a moment. Ali Dangote gives you a card. Are you getting my point? It's an African's richest man. That's I as an example. That whatever you need to do, use that card. Now I go to the ruler. Say, hey, how much is this shit? You know, they know that <laughs> that you don't get the point. You don't get the point. It, autumn, the man just give me my card. Give me my card. We are talking serious matters. I mean, when you get to a point, stand I find limestone. That's what we are discussing. Not, uh, not uh, how much is shit. <laughs> no, that's what the man will have in mind. That look, when you get to a point, say, you find limestone. And you see that no, we should put a cement factory here, use the card. If you get a, if you find that foil is not getting to certain areas regularly, we should put a modular refinery here. Use the card. It wouldn't give it to you if you're going to be using it to be stand by the roadside. That's where it don't done. <laughs> Like, Give my card before they kidnap you, my card. <laughs> what to say? You see, Christians spend all the energy praying about very silly things. Which to them is serious anyway? Motor car, house, land, stuff like that. Then when it's time to use the power, they won't use it. to not sit and say, "Hmm." The one that worries them, we don't know. I'm going to Canada, where my children will be safe. Jesus will just, you know, he'll just put his head in his hands like, ye. Yeah. At least there. I listened to some messages recently over the last few weeks. My wife and I and some prayer we've been sharing it. If you hear sadhu savaraj preach, the last message gave in London this year, and that's late last year. The prophetic conference held in London, the one that was in the US. If they if they give you a visa to Europe, you won't go. If you heard Sadhu preach, you you will not go. <laughs> He didn't use my own words, but there's something he said. He just basically said, "Look, that UK should Brexit as fast as possible, as like their survival depends on it. That if they keep down black card, they will see trouble." He said, "He said Europe is the most ungodly region on this earth now." You know, I told one of my. I told, it was pastor I was talking to. I said, "This man is a real prophet." I'm not talking about the visions he sees. Is the kind of words he utters when he's calling the church to repentance and warning of judgment. When the man is talking about America, is there in America telling them that listen? I've seen the angels that's planning to crack your continent in two. That they've held their sledgehammers high, and that if they bring it down, the continent will be split literally in two. And one of the reasons why it has not happened, he told them, is because they elected Donald Trump, not Hillary Clinton. Yet you see, the Christians don't, don't believe. They just claim to be Christians. And you see, Christians want to plan. Christians want to plan their lives. They don't even put these things in mind at all. Spiritual climate is irrelevant to their thinking totally, and that's because they are earthly minded. They don't mind heavenly things. They are so, oh go, possessed with earthly security. Something when I see Christians make decisions, one day when a colleague of mine, this guy was a Bible teacher when, when I first knew him, those this. He said, that ah, there's something he wants to show me. Harvard is doing this. Harvard is doing that. That you just came here, you go for a PhD program in Harvard. I said, hey, what am I doing with a PhD at this level in my life? Ah, no. Now, bank is not like that. You know, when you go, they give a visa to you and your whole family. So I like. Uh, so what am I supposed to do with that? Say uh, you have to, the program is three years. After that, you can now come back. Then you know you have settled here. You leave your wife and children there. You know you have settled your family. I said, bros, I've I'm settled I'm set them as things are right now. They are settled. No, they are, they are settled. Amen. They are settled. They are settled. I looked at him. I just felt like, he cabod. When I knew you before, you were teaching the Bible. You were encouraging people like me in the word of faith. Now go through this hula balloo, this rigmarole, so I can settle my family. What do you call settlement? What do you call settlement? I looked at him. The same person who came to me one day and said that, ha. There's one thing he wants to show me, that his sister in America showed him and that the money, you invest, that he invested maybe like $2 million. the money is not like $5 million. You just sit online, the money just going up, it's going up. I said to him, I said, my brother, come, come. My name is Jonah. So you are riding your boat now, and you are enjoying it. It's because I'm not inside. Once I enter that boat... God is bringing you, me, all of us in the boat. We are going down. So please, enjoy your boat by yourself. He said, I don't tell you. I said, I know you have told me. Thank you for telling me. But please, let me not enter your boat. Enjoy it. You know, much later, I found out, through another route. You can go and Google it up. It was a one-coin scam. The woman, Ruga uh, Ruja Ignato, Ignatovich or something, she ran away with the world's five billion dollars. They've not seen her since. Some of you here, you gave Ru- Ru- Ruja, Ignatova, yes, Ignatova. You gave her your money, she's gone. If you invested in what they call one coin, it was a fraud, massive fraud. I said, oh, so look at where somebody said he has, he wants her to help me. said, the money just going up online. Spend it online, let us. See. You, you can still go online. You open your account. You say your money is now is now two fifty thousand dollars, and you've only two thousand dollars. You'll be feeling happy. Spend her now. Now,
1: uh,
2: the woman who said she, she has dis- disappeared. It says she has changed her face. Done cosmetic surgery. She has melted. Her younger brother who took her from her after she melted. America has put that one in prison. The truth is that these words of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't believe them. You know what Jesus said? Don't set material goals in front of you. 2020 is not your year of buying a car. Forget that. Anytime God wants to give you a car, He'll give you. Ask for it. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask God for anything. I didn't say that. But these are not goals, they are not targets. There was one brother he said it was December time. He said one day, just prayed. I said, God, please dress me up now. It's a simple prayer. That's what He told God. Dress me up now like, oh, God. Shiny small now. Then suddenly, he just had a thought in his mind. It was the Lord telling him go and meet so and so person. He will sell you that his car. And it was like late in the year. So the guy quickly took the car, polished it, waxed it, cleaned it. Next Christmas, he was going home. He was rocking. Are you getting my point? And I remember the prayer he said he prayed. He said, He told God, dress me up small now. You see, I've seen things that happen too many times. I know God arranges events. But He doesn't want us to put things that are focused in front of us. He said, We must learn to approve the things that are what? Excellent. Things that are excellent. Things that are excellent. We must let that is. You want to make New Year resolution, please. Or New Year plans. As I said Christians don't deal with long-term plans. We don't. Our plans are short-term, and there are plans for faithfulness concerning what has been given to us today. The more jobless you are, the longer the, the time, the, the, the period you will plan for. When You don't have anything you are doing. You know, your mind will just be playing. You'll wake up in the morning and say, all right. We'll meet go there, and then we'll talk to him and then you don't have anything you're doing. Are you getting my point? <laughs> Busy people, what God says, listen, make, that is, when I say short-term plans, Now, that is what I mean. Each time of your life, there is an assignment. Focus on it and execute it well. So make plans based on that. I've given you one minute, occupy with this until I come. So every day you are busy trading with the miner. When the man returns, he didn't give them 10 minutes or 20, or 100. He said, be in charge of 10 cities. know what that tells us? What he will put you in charge of, you can't build by yourself. He is building it already. He's arranging it already. I'm a minister. I teach the word of God, so I take examples from people like Derek Prince. I'm not aware. Sure where Derek Prince ever went to China when they started broadcasting his messages in Chinese. They took the messages, you no, know, interpreted them into Chinese, gave the man a Chinese name. They didn't, they, they didn't broadcast as Direct Prince. They gave him a name, something like Guiding Light in China, in Chinese, in their, one of their languages and began to broadcast his messages in China. I'm not aware he had ever been to China at that time. When Stephen Mansfield was interviewing him shortly before he died, concerning his, uh, his biography, they sat in a restaurant and they saw some people kneel down, waving their hands and thanking God. Why? Because when they were coming down to Jerusalem, that's why he was living that time, they had prayed that God would help them meet the Prince. So at the point that one of them said, let's go and eat. And they happened to walk into a restaurant, sat down, looked across, and saw Derek Prince and Stephen Masfield eating on the other side. They didn't rush over there. They sat down, they knelt down, and began to praise God and worship. So why are these people worshiping and praising God? They said, we saw you, sir, that is why. And they pointed to him. People were named Derek amongst the people there. He had never been to their country. But he so influenced them. Do you get my point? That they named children born Derek. And the day they came to Jerusalem, they said, ah, this man lives here. God, we don't know where he lives, but we would like to meet him. And an ninja just guided them to where he was eating. You can't plan your life. Now I keep on saying that thing. You can't. you can't. You can't. You can't. What are we supposed to set in front of us? That's what I'm saying. We believers. David said, I have set the Lord steadfastly in front of me, and I know I will never be moved. If we are, if we will never be moved in this life, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not going to be because, you know, we desire not to be moved. It's will to be because we said the right things in front of us. For example, we're making, in quote, in quote, New year, New year Resolutions. What am I going to achieve this year? It's not material. It's development of Christ's character in me. Like I tweeted, if you follow me on Twitter, you must have seen it, I said, listen. Some people say, I, I must cross over in church. Listen, ask my wife. Anyway, my wife used to say I was a stranger Christian she knew. In fact, you know, my daughter, my, mom, my, my wife talked, my, my children were not around when she called on the on the dad January first, so she told us that we're just coming from church. She said, "Eh, you and who? Daddy? He went to church." <laughs> <laughs> she was shocked. January first, daddy went to church. What happened? What did you give him to drink? Because you know, most January first, her daddy is sleeping. I see this mother the first wake up January first. Say why? There's no difference between don't deceive yourself. 2020 is not the year of 2019. Don't deceive yourself. We can be talking and sounding nice. 2020 is a two is it year of double promotion? Is is rhyme. It's is poetry. It's twenty twenty. Okay, what was twenty nineteen? How did you you know we pastors are very we'll find a way to connect it. We'll do our spiritual arithmetic. By the time we finish, eh? even God had to give us rank at the day. <laughs> we we'll multiply and divide. Ah, God will be looking like we did are This boy is discussing that place. <laughs> he said, but you went to church this year. Yes, now, somebody had to drive my wife there. I didn't want her to drive all her by herself. I said, okay, let me drive you there. He said, follow me now. Okay, let's go. Listen, the date change does not mean anything. I hope you're getting my point. If something does not change inside you, forget it. 2020 will just be an extension of 2019. Nothing will change. Don't think that, you know, people don't get it. You think, look, I've seen people sit see in College of Medicine, eh? 14 years. The course is six years. Old. The course is six years. For certain reasons, the university said, no, we'll not, we'll not drive this fellow away. But it didn't it's now 2020, your year of leaving the school. No, pass our exam, you will go. That's the. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating what I've told you. 14 years. The guy I'm talking about, I said, well, have you Have you graduated now? He said, yes, sir. He says, I said, sir, I just need to rewrite surgery, I will, I will be fine. I said, the Lord will help you. Amen. So dates have changed that does not mean that your life will change. I'll stop it here because of time, but one thing I wanted to explain is to let us know that this physical life is given to us to develop eternal traits. You hear what I said? God gave us this physical life to develop eternal traits. And that's what we should be working on. Not using the dates to manipulate our material prosperity. No. It was given to us to develop eternal traits. So if I want to set a goal for my life, it, and listen, you know, the one prayer, one of the prayers I like in the Bible, is the one that Elihu told Job to pray. Said, That which I see not, teach thou me. Those are the kind of prayers you pray. It is not this year, ha! I must break through. No, it is Lord. If I'm not breaking through because there is something I don't know to do this new season, let me know it. Material things respond automatically to spiritual st- to spiritual states. Did you know what I said? Material things the way God designed it is that they will respond to a change in the spiritual climate. they will it's automatic if you tackle the spiritual climate the outward the environment will respond to it. Let me drop this because I really want to close, okay? Please, let's have a responsibility mindset when we are dealing with anything in this life. When I say responsibility is this. Let's take our country as an example. I I, I love the country, right? So we have to do what we have to do. Please, countries don't change themselves. Give me five minutes, let me talk about Nigeria briefly. Nigeria is very important to to God. I don't think I'm trying to sound like a good Christian. I'm giving you facts this country is particularly important to him. What God wants to do, next point, does not happen automatically. The first thing he does is to recruit people if something he wants to do will be done. Another point I want to make is that God is lacking seriously in people simply because any time he raises people, Satan will do them like this. (laughs) Come and see good food, good food. They depart from where he kept them to go and lick better soup. And they return with testimony. The soup there is sweet. They don't realize that somebody is raising, raising them up for a particular purpose. And they are depleting his resources. They are, his human resources. They are depleting it all the time. I have reasoned about this. And let me give it to you briefly. Okay, what well, was my wife I was telling? See the way Nigeria is as a country right now. It will remain like this permanently, for the next, that is, in 200 years, we'll still be, we'll be developing small, small low, but we'll always be behind some other people, like, you know, North America, and all of that, okay? And we'll be managing, our roads will be spoiled, we'll repair it, we'll just be used to, (laughs) if it's not road, people are using that time, whatever, it will just be, relative to the rest of the world, we'll just be at this level, all the time, if, 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 the church in Nigeria does not do anything. And when I say do anything, I don't mean actively go and contest election, no. If they don't get out and go and work on preaching the gospel to people and making sure that they live the gospel and teach their environment how to live the gospel. Let me tell you something about Africa. The other day we were talking with some people, elderly people. They said, ah, Nigeria, they don't know what's wrong with this country. I said, oh, this country is good. They what do you mean? I said, you've not been to the rest of Africa. This is one of the best countries to live in in Africa. I hope you are aware of that. Sub-Saharan Africa, especially. In fact, not, not even the one above said has joined. The iniquity has, has driven Libya. What is Libya now? In this continent today, one of the best places to live in is, and I'm not saying that to let me, to make you think Nigeria is a good country. That's not what I'm going to say. I'm saying that to let you know how bad the rest of the people are. That's, that's why I'm saying it. If you know the kind of poverty Africans live in, Jesus is Lord. You know most of southern Nigerians have never seen poverty. They've never seen poverty. If you go to some African countries, first, when they see you, they treat you the way we treat Americans. You like The way you look like you show up in some African countries. Five, seven women will marry you. Say this single, just, If you want to marry, just go to, let me, I'll tell you one country. seven women will marry on the spot why? he's a Nigerian the point I'm trying to make is that so you must understand the depth of poverty you cannot be abusing yourself every day but the truth is that God has lifted us to a particular it's not a very high level yet but I'm saying if the church does not improve the spiritual climate it will not get better Now, I say we should be thinking with with responsibility. If you ask me now, what are you thinking about your life? I just think of myself like this. Bank, you have to keep preaching and improve what you are saying. Don't lose track. Don't let anybody pull you, tempt you with anything. Don't join churches who now set worldliness in the eyes of people. Because when you do that, the climate in the country will get worse spiritually. I will never get out of the rut we are in. And the re- now, listen to this. And if we don't get out, the rest of Africa is doomed. That's my understanding. Listen, there are people that God has put in front. We have been put in front. That's why I told the story I told you. So I told you. It, 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 I'm not talking about uh, we are special. Look, we are just people. Are you getting my point? But God has just chosen us and put us in front. And say, so you guys, leave, believe the gospel, leave it. The rest, of the, the rest of Africa will join you, they will join your light. Do you know who is pointing the gospel in East Africa and Southern Africa? Nigerians. I saw, one day I stumbled on a particular blog. This guy is from one of these East African countries. He was abusing the pastors in their countries that they will be talking like Nigerian pastors. Uh, you know, we, when, 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 we, when we don't hammer, we change our tone to what? Which accent do we use? America. America. Praise God. When I was coming this month, the Lord began to speak to me. You know, know, say, Pastor Banky Etu. <laughs> You two don't join them. In East Africa, Southern Africa, they change their tone to sound like Nigerian pastors. One day my wife and I saw one guy, we almost fell down with laughter. You have to be humble. You must be humble. Because when you are humble, God will be able to use you tell your neighbor, don't be proud. That day, my wife and I laughed. We said this clown is mimicking a man who cannot speak English. I just wanted to let you know that, listen, God has put us in a particular position that if we rise up and do what we're supposed to do, this whole continent will follow. That's what I'm making. If we no, One prayer I've prayed, there's one guy in the I be Bishop sure introduced to me recently. Why are you laughing? You all know him, I mean
0: I'm
2: just, what is his name? You know You know why I like the guy? I don't think he's pretending. If you want to follow him, follow him. So I pray for people like that, that people like that should continue what they are doing. God should leave them alone. But if you begin to say, Jesus, one day I saw him the they, one video they showed me. He said, 2016, I used a power called liquid metal. I told my wife, he didn't say Holy Spirit. Did you notice that? He said, the next year, he used power called Lumundo, Le Lamando, Lemen. I just created that one. <laughs> he said, this year, he's using Triple H. Triple H means he gave another name for it. I told my wife, I said, he, said, he didn't say Holy Spirit. See, this guy is safe. He's safe. He's the one that called Holy Spirit and called Jesus And they are using dark powers. Those are the ones we have prayed against. No, no, no. We have prayed against those ones. And beginning from now, God has to shut them down. I'm tired. And now I am personally tired. That anybody who gathers people with the name of Christ, he had better be preaching the true Christ or the judgment of Christ from heaven will come upon him. Not joking about that. What have I said so far? Let me close with it. And it. i will just want to take five minutes to explain something. Let's think with responsibility in mind. It is you and I that God will use to change. Now, we know we're not talking about our country alone anymore now. We're talking about what? The whole of the continent. And I want you to think like that. First, you learn the truth. Let, let, let's read the scripture, and then after I read it, we'll be out of here. Acts chapter 26, yes, right. I just want to bring out some, something here. The book of Acts chapter 26. The point I was making is that, look, change of calendar is not what changes things. Look at what Jesus said to Peter, to, to Saul, that is Paul. For time's sake, I'll just rush down to that area. He said from verse 16, But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you a minister, And a witness not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. He said, said, notice something here. To whom I am sending you, to do what? To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. I want you to notice something here. What Paul was sent to do, all right, was to go and open the eyes of people. When people's eyes are not open, they walk in blindness. And when they walk in blindness, what what experiences they have would be the experiences of darkness. I hope you're getting my point. And those are the things we see around. We talk about third world experiences, diseases, you know, stuff like that, you know, under development. They are the consequences of walking in blindness. And Paul, God said to Paul, what I'm sending you to do is to go and open the eyes of the people so that they will turn from darkness to light. It's so important you understand that. To open their eyes... And that what I'm charging us concerning that that is our assignment as believers. We are not here. Listen to listen. It's very important. We are not here just to prosper. We have said those negative things in front of us. Those mundane things that they have turned our lives negative. We are not here to prosper. Our assignment is this, like John said, that which fr- was from the beginning, which we heard with our ears, which we saw, which we um, which we which we saw with our eyes and which our hands handled concerning the word of life. He said, that is what we are now declaring to you. And that's our assignment, what John just described. That is, first, you hear it. You understand? You see it. You experience it. Then you go and deliver it to people. That's what we are teaching. The reason why nations will never prosper, and those who have prospered after two generations will go down, is if they walk in darkness. I hope you're getting my point. It's not just that they go to church. Oh, please, I pray we get this. It's not just that they go to church. They must go to church to experience light and start walking in the light. That's why, look, like I was telling you last year, we're still working on it. I want us, so what we preach here, my desire is to broadcast it to every corner of this country. Every corner. Every corner. I was discussing a few days ago. I said, how far with Gombe?" See, so I'm still negotiating with them. What about Adamawa? What about Taraba? If Bauchi opens, please, let's get onto, the, onto their radios. Because without it, you know, we keep on going up and down. We will stabilize. If we do too much iniquity, we'll break into a crisis again. Then we will repent. The church inside will repent. They will stop, you know, prosperity, prosperity alone. They will do the right things. God will lift the people up again. They will balance for some time. But we'll just keep on coasting in this just, you know, more, you know, average, a little under-average kind of life. One generation after another will come and go and meet the same thing. Listen, we are the hope of the environmental. When I say that now, I say with conviction. Let me say what God is going to start doing in our lives. As we are walking in the light, hmm, he will start giving us opportunities to spread the light. Say amen. amen. You know what I say? Arise, do what? Shine. Why? For your own light has come. Many Christians are praying for prosperity. God said, no, no, there's nothing like prosperity. What I want you to do is, do what? Walk in the light. When I see you constantly walking in the light, he said, no one lights a lamp and puts under what? A bushel. So if I light your lamp, I will put you on the lampstand. That's what the world calls prosperity. We call it what? A lampstand upon which we will shine. So as you are walking in the light, let me tell you, as you are walking in the light, God will say, listen, I will set up a company for you so from there you can teach. It's not, ah, the soul that sineth, it, it shall die. That's part of it. But sometimes that is not your job. Sometimes it's just to teach employees how to behave and how not to behave. You create a new culture for families. And the only reason why you are able to do that is that you have 10 people working for you. Then the more you do it, God makes them 25. As they are learning the culture of righteousness from you, not all of them, one or two, but you have the platform. I hope you're getting my point. God keeps expanding you. People will now study your life that this man knows how to grow a business. God said, you don't understand. I am the one giving him higher heights in his lampstand so he can shine further. You know, I was reading my Bible book of Acts a few days ago, and something dawned on me. That's why I read this Acts 20.26. you know what, what, done, what, done, done, me? Every trial that is court, that is court session, appearance of court, that Paul experienced, every single one, was not really a court session. It was a platform to testify. No, go and read it. Go and read it. When you get here, just gather it and start reading. Jesus said, Don't worry, don't worry. You must testify before me here and then in, in, in Rome. Do you understand? He said, Yes. So you see, Emperor Felix will tell Paul, yeah? Paul will preach, preach, preach. After some time, go and call Paul again. Each time he sits down, people will gather with him. Paul will preach, and then he kept on enlightening people. Then he left. Festus came, took over from him. Paul preached to Festus in court. He preached to Paul, he preached to Festus. When the Agrippa came, Festus brought Agrippa. Come and listen to this guy. Agrippa was so gripped. He said, You almost made me a Christian. They thought the man was on trial. God said, no, he's not on trial. He's testifying. Do you know? Hey, when I read that, I said, Jesus, I hope I'm using my life properly. No, I'm not kidding. In fact, that day I told I left the office and one of my junior colleagues said to me, I heard you on radio. I was with them for like 20 minutes. I Listen, I took time out to explain truth. I explained. One man said, God doesn't, are you saying that God is partial? You know, because it's my junior, I told my friend, shut up, you're talking nonsense. So <laughs> I said, listen to the truth, my friend. So he kept, yes, sir. I took time and explained and explained. I said, why did God answer this person, this kind of person? I expected him to give an answer. I said, in this situation, I don't know. I said, if I knew, I'll be a God too. I said, but I'm not. So there are things I don't know. I said, but one thing I do know. Nobody should lie to you that when you give $20,000, you'll get $20 million. I told them stories of people who gave everything and their wives died of starvation. And they did not lose their faith. I talked with them for 20 minutes. I said, guys, I have a meeting. I have to go. As I left that place, I felt happy. I knew the one reason why I was still in that office had been fulfilled that afternoon. Listen to me. Every time Paul showed up, it was so he could testify. Please go and read it again. When he finished testifying to Agrippa... Uh, Agrippa said this man should have been released, though, except that he had already appealed to Caesar. Before I, I used to be angry that, Boy, why did you appeal to Caesar that they will have released you? Well, I just said, No, no, no. God said, No, no, you don't understand. One, they wanted to take him to Jerusalem so they could kill him. He had to appeal to Caesar. But more importantly, God said, next phase of assignment, Rome. And when they capsized on the way and stopped in Malta, it was so he could prophesy it there and testify it there. Then they entered the boat again. God to give him enough time. Listen, from this season, eh, don't waste the opportunities God gives you. Amen. Don't, don't, don't. And then he got to Rome. Household of Caesar. And for years. First, he said, Listen, let this guy stay in his own rented apartment. Have a soldier with him. The way it was that they would chain him to a soldier. You know what that meant? Every Roman soldier had to hear the gospel. You were commanded to go and guard Paul. You had to hear the gospel. They put I you know if people could visit him, people will come and go. Then he will arrive, will gather all the Jews, testify to them again, they will refuse to believe. Say, I've done my portion. The Gentiles will gather, they will believe. They were chaining Paul to soldiers. That was it. Condemnation to hearing the gospel. You had to, there was nowhere you wanted to go. So Paul will say, what is your name? He said, Aristarchus. 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 So he say, what are you doing here? Ah, They brought me here because that's it. Now you go ask. Oh. He will tell the story of his father, a Benjaminite. How is he's a Pharisee. How the Jews were looking for the redemption of Israel. But what is real redemption? It's not only for Israel. It's for the whole world. We are in to sin. And as he's talking, remember it's demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The Holy Spirit will just narrow him to the life of that guy. The problem in his household, him, his wife, his children, he'll be describing how sin started this, how, how the redemption, halfway through, so that as it's changed to him, he'll start crying. Please, sir, what must I do to be saved? He will kneel down. Paul will pray for him. Drag him to one pool at the back of the house, baptize him. You give him an unbelieving guard in the morning. He'll be a believer in the afternoon. Then by evening, they will change guard again. They start again. By the time Paul was done, he said the whole household of Caesar had heard the gospel. Listen, what the world calls prosperity? We call it platform. Are you getting my point? What the world calls prosperity? We call it the platform. The platform of God for us to witness. And that's what I want to just end with. Please, people, let's not waste it. Let's be bold. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God will give you, you see, go and see Paul's opportunities. They were given to him in interesting ways. He wasn't the one that would start the problems. They arrested him. Say, so, okay, what do you have to say? Brethren, you know, they will start. Firstly list call him. First we will call him. Agrippa will call him. You are the ones that called me. Sometimes people will call you. A man like Demo People will say, but how do you make these decisions? You say, I serve the God that made the cows. That's a witness. Listen, you can't convert anybody. You know what you're supposed to do? Witness. You know what a witness just declare that which you have seen. A witness just declares that which he has seen. When I'm making my decisions in life, I'm careful. Like what, People say, why, why don't you want to run abroad? I say, if God doesn't keep you here, he, he, nothing can keep you anywhere. That's a witness. I'll just describe the way I make decisions. That's a witness. If I, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus, and I know I was made for a purpose, that's a witness. I don't have to be a bunky. I hope you're getting my point here. I just witness. Somebody can say to you, why do you do this and you don't do this? If you did this, it to make you more money. Say, it's true, but I just realized that, listen, everybody has a purpose in life. The God who made us, who I serve. Do you know even the prisoners who were with Paul, were with Paul on the boat? He said to them, God, whose I am and whom I serve. His angels stood before me and he said, none of you will die. That's witness. You just say, you no, know, I don't do that because I have to account to God who put me here. You know, when people see the genuine that is to you, ah, you mean that God is so real? But nobody's watching. Ha, ah, my brother. He's watching you know, my sister, he can see everything. That's what they call a witness. It's not ringing a bell. Begin, begin. Fellowship time. One day my wife went to look for one man in the market in Lagos. She found out that they called him pastor. She asked, Why they call him pastor? Says the one that does like the twelve o'clock services that they hold inside the market. The guy was the most dishonest human being I ever met. It's not the title. It's not the one you do when you are ringing bell. Everybody is gathering to listen to you. It's your accounting money. they say, ah, this man left $5,000 with us. Please, wrap it here. Next time he comes, please label it. We have to return his money to him. Ah, that one, don't go. And I say, never go. The they go with the of us. He will collect his money back. You, that's it. You just said it simply. Once I had a, a small, you know, Argument with some of these traffic men at that one junction there. So after some time, my conscience, like the Bible said about David, smote me. So I parked and came back to explain what happened to them and to apologize for my behavior. And one man said, "You must be a Christian." There were two of them. The younger one said, "This man, be I like, say you be a Christian." You had gone, you parked, then walked back, apologized, explained to what happened, and begged for forgive. I mean that. Ah, I remember that. They said. Yeah, I think you must be a Christian. So, listen, I was saying something. So this year, that is this season, God will begin to raise many of us here up. Amen. But what people call prosperity, for us it's not prosperity like that. So what is it? Platform. Our platform. Our platform to influence the world around us for him. Hmm. That is what real prosperity is. Can we bow down our heads to pray? Let's thank God for this new season of learning that we have come into again. Like we said, change of date is not what the change of season is really. It's new things lent. It's new truths obeyed. New lights walked in. That is what a new season is for us believers. New truths lent. New lights that we are walking in. That is what is the reason why seasons change for us believers. Let's thank the Lord for the new season. And say to him again, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I want you to teach me again. I want to hear a word. We're singing just now. Holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world. That is, those words were given to us to walk with. This is inspired words. This song. Can right, let's sing this song again. Remember, it's our dedication. We want these words to impact us. We want these words to impact the life, the character, The walk of God into our lives. That is what changes the seasons for people. It's not just a new year. It's new light we are walking in. New obedience to truth that we have learned. Just raise at least one hand to the Lord. And with that declare to him, let your ancient words impart life to me. Let You uproot every disobedience. So let every disobedience be uprooted in my life. Every disobedience. Say, Lord, every disobedience, I want it or put it out of my life. Let life be imparted. The ability to obey, to know what is right to do.
0: Just pray along that line that let every disobedience be taken out of your life. Let the righteousness of God be established in you. Say, Lord, let your righteousness, let it be established in me. Let your words come. As they come, Lord, let your words enter deep. Let them cause me to experience the transformation that you desire. Let my life indeed turn around. Let it be useful to you. Let my life be useful to you. Let my life be useful to you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity of a new season. We thank you for the opportunity for change. We thank you for the opportunity of a new world that carries the power of change and repentance in it. We thank you For the transformation we're experiencing even right now. We thank you for the new understanding and the new light. We thank you for the word of prophecy that has come that you are lifting us onto new platforms. Father, we thank you for the wisdom and understanding you have put into our hearts. Lord, we round it all up and decree and declare. And ask, Lord, that let your will indeed be done in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You are a faithful God indeed.